Kevin Costner likes slow, wet kisses that last all night. Mike Myers gives up on movies because of Steve Carell. And Disney makes a man out of Milan. This week on 30-20-10. Welcome everyone to 30-20-10, your weekly pop culture time machine where we travel... 30, 20, and 10 years ago, back to this very week in the past to see what movies, TV, video games, music were released in this during this week, 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Get it? That's the name of the show. Uh, we're talking, of course, about June 15th to the 21st. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. I'm Diana Goodman, and I believe in a constitutional amendment against the infield fly rule. <laughs> I'm going to pretend I got that. I'm a man. And I'm Sarah, and I'm here to defeat the Huns. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I know I got that reference. All you gotta do is give me an Asian Disney movie. Uh, but there's so much great stuff to talk about. As as always, we give you that disclaimer: TV is dead. The movies are alive. The movies are vibrant at this point in the summer. And oh man, we are coming up on one of my favorites of all time. I'm not even going to mention it. I'm not even going to mention it. I've been mentioning it since we started the show because we have way too much to get into at this point. So stay right there. Anyway, kicking off 30, 2010, as we always do with 30 years ago, uh, June 15th through the 21st. Let's talk about the movies, people. The movies of uh, June. Some of which Woo! I've seen, some of which I could go with uh, never seeing again. Mm. Waxwork. It's been a while, Deborah Foreman and Zach Gilligan. Imagine, if you will, an exhibit in fear. It looks a little spooky, boys. You think we should do this? A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. Ooh, scary. Your fascination with ghosts, monsters, and the many unearthly elements of the supernatural. Look. And this is killer. Enjoy. Wow, the glasses from Nutty Zombies from Hell. Lose yourself in it. Do you like a closer look? Really? But whatever you do, don't step over the rope. This movie, this movie is insane. Wow. Wow. Movie. I love the simplicity of this trailer. That's the only reason I cl- I threw it in here because we got so much else to talk about. Yeah. But it's like every horror trailer ever just sort of condensed. Where it's like, <laughs> here's a thing. Here's another thing. Don't do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Someone literally goes, ooh, spooky in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, it's, I appreciate that. It's like if Night of the Museum were a horror movie and more funny, you get waxworks. There you go. Yeah. Everyone in it, too, is very hot. Exactly. Very attractive. Thank you, Is that the Gremlins guy, speaking of rules? Mm. Yeah. We have to move on fast, 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 because there's so much uh, great stuff out this week, including this I think the high point in this trilogy, The Decline of Western Civilization 2. Attention, everybody! Alice Cooper, Aerosmith. Dude, looks like lady. <laughs> Kiss. This movie is about groups, metal, guitars, girls. Ozzy Osbourne and Poison, the megastars and the rising stars of metal. I'm going to be a rock star. So I want to be a rock star. I'm going to be a rock star. Dude, this movie is so much. It's the like the perfect musical time capsule from it's this so period. Fun. Oh yeah, I it's, love it. I would love to watch this with a uh, heavy metal parking lot as like the opener. Yeah, because yeah. it is just the the perfect like eighty eight hard rock giant hair 
lots of leather tight pants. Yeah. And it, it's it perfectly encapsulates. Yeah, I mean they call it the metal years, but there's a lot of hair metal in there right. too. And it's it's Penelope Spheres following up the Klein of Western Civilization one, which is just this kind of awesome, thoroughly respectable, straightforward documentary on the New York punk scene. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Nothing against it, but this is fucking hilarious. A bunch of <laughs> I will say the stupidest white people I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> But but all like lying down in pools and like yes. just just living this cliche of what a rock star is. Some of it like who the fuck are you and why did you hire models to like lie around you? So many men <laughs> looking like beautiful beautiful ladies. The hair baby. I've been watching a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race recently, <laughs> and yes! I was watching this documentary. My husband came in. Wait, is this is this RuPaul's Drag Race race again? No, no, no. No, these are the most irritatingly straight men you'll ever meet. Sadly, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're all such a bunch of babies. They're like, oh, oh, I just yeah. like to party and rock and just have a good time and woo, ladies in bikinis and woo. <laughs> yeah. I'm having so much Snore. fun. Oh my god, half of you will be dead soon. <laughs> Brett Michaels is on so much cocaine. It's, it's hilarious. It's ridiculous. I, I say it's like the perfect '80s movie regardless of whether you like the music or not. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a time period like I don't remember that well and seems too bizarre to have existed. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty much like kind of just lo- <laughs> seems almost centrally located in like two neighborhoods in L.A. Mm-hmm. in 1987. Yep. That's what we're looking at here. The Decline of Western Civilization Part 2. Laser Time did an episode on movies that still weren't available on DVD. These t- technically just came out. They were oh, unavailable yeah, really? for, for purchase of any kind because of all the music licensing issues. And set. I'm happy to say Shout Factory figured it out. You can get all three films. That's this good. one being yeah. a true high point. And, yeah, no, and if, you, if you like metal, you'll like the movie. And if you hate metal, I think you'll like the, the movie because it yes. plays as such self-parody so much mm-hmm. of the time. Agreed. Yeah, it's like Spinal Tap had already happened, but yeah. you'd <laughs> never know it from this movie. And Penelope Spheris <laughs> went on, directed Wayne's World. Yes. Yeah. From this, like, like yeah. I think Lauren Michaels thought she knew this scene well enough, and sure enough, she, she did. did. Yeah, she, she did a great invented job. The shitty Beatles, and then she goes on to do part three, which mm-hmm. we'll be talking about later this year. Oh God damn it! Really, yeah. ten years after the fact? Yep. Oh, too many movies. Nineteen eighty-eight, June fifteenth to the twenty-first, including this one, which I could take or leave. They are men of great courage. <laughs> men of great daring. They're the men of the great outdoors. Dan Aykroyd and John Candy. The great outdoors. Outdoor fun for everyone. Man, I, 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 I sometimes lament the lack of comedies in movie theaters, but like this barely constitutes being a movie. Yeah. They chase a bat. They subtitle raccoons. They They're, fall down when water skiing. The subtitling of raccoons, I enjoyed. Lips and assholes. <laughs> I'll never. For, I've seen this movie, The Great Outdoors, one thousand times. Yeah, yeah. I feel it's like class. it was the only thing on TV for like four years. <laughs> yeah, yes, it was. I feel like on. it was being crammed down my throat. Like this is a great comedy. You fucking love it. I was like, no, I don't. I'd rather watch Ghostbusters. Why are you doing this to me? You will accept Dan Aykroyd as a leaning man. You will. No, <laughs> I know. I almost said it was Please, a classic. I want Annette Bening to kill everybody. <laughs> it's not a classic. It just feels like a classic because it's just around so much. Because of its ubiquity. <laughs> yeah. Like, but it's, I can't call it good. I have the movie memorized. I have nothing bad to say about it, really. It's just like, I don't know. There's so many better Dan Aykroyd movies and better John Candy movies you could watch. A lot of good yes. bear acting. Totally. A little good, some good bear acting. Yeah. I'm going to guess that was Bart the Bear. He was the famous bear. Oh, okay. R.I.P. He's not alive? No, original Bart the Bear died. Unbelievable. And yeah, the, but he got his own starring movie. I think we get to talk about this year or next year. 
Man. He is the bear. I can't believe oh. the next uh, the and the bear. He's the bear yeah. and the bear. The bear and yeah. the bear. Wow. I, I know who is the voice of the bear? He has an odd voice in that movie. <laughs> yeah, they give like little human voices to the bears, and that, oh. like it's very it's it's subtle, but yes, bears don't technically laugh. Um, what? <laughs> they do in that film. What? Um, yes, but like clear out. I'm surprised this movie wasn't number one. I am shocked at what will be number one yeah. because this is an all-time classic right here. Yep. Yes. Kevin Costner, Tim Robbins, and Susan Sarandon in Bull Durham. This is the rookie pitcher. It's Major Rush. This is the veteran catcher. Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're fascist. And this is the lady yeah. who plays the field. I hook up with one guy a season. Yeah, well, you two are the most promising prospects of the season so far. So somebody going to go to bed with somebody or what? She's got the bat. See my hips? But he's got the... Small four. I do have gorgeous. Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon, and Tim Robbins star in a film about America's favorite pastime, Bull Durham. I, I watched this movie so many times in my household. I, I didn't feel like my dad was that hack or cliched, but this is like on a pretty consistent loop with Field of Dreams. Mm. I, mm. I feel like this is definitely a, a dad movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is with Kevin Costner in sports movies, but like they always work. Man, it's this, true. Field of Dreams, Tin Cup. So, I mean, we're hitting Kevin Costner is right in the middle of the, okay, he's a fucking movie star streak. I guess. Because his, yeah. last, his last movie was uh, not One False Move, uh, No Way Out, which is fucking great. And then we got this, which is fucking great. We're going to get Field of Dreams is fucking great. We go Dances with Wolves, <laughs> where he wins all the Oscars. He's on top of the world, baby. Notice how I didn't call that one fucking great. <laughs> yeah, Just I saying. know. <laughs> I, I, I was waiting to reevaluate <laughs> it before we get there. Man, okay. that's, I saw that movie and had dreams about it. I loved it so much. I'm, I'm terrified about rewatching. Did you have dreams about it because you fell asleep? No, no. During just, it, I, it was like the first adult, like no Muppets, no cartoon character. Oh. I loved the movie, but uh, Bull Durham was something like I feel like I thought it was one of the most adult movies I'd ever seen at the time. But well, yeah, there's a lot of sex and swearing. Yeah, yeah. So you, it, it is rated R. It's just on again. It was oh, on it's TV. Super rated R. Mm-hmm. As I was watching it, I kept thinking, "What's the difference between this and Major League?" Mm-hmm. And I realized, well, the big difference is the swearing in Susan Sarandon's character because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. she's unlike anything I've seen in a lot of movies. Yes, and that clip that the trailer that you just played does not give her justice in a way that angers me because she's like a baseball <laughs> genius in this yeah. movie. And like the trailer just kind of puts her out as this like bimbo who sleeps with, you know, one player a year. And it's just not true. And yeah, I mean, I love her character. Love her. So, Sarah, you watched this movie recently, too, right? Mm -hmm. When did you think it took place? Mm. Ooh. Huh. Because I watched this movie and about halfway through, it suddenly hit me. Oh, this doesn't take place in the 50s. (laughs) I can see that. Yeah. Because up until then. Every it seems like, especially like Susan Sarandon's costuming yeah. and like what her house looks like in her cool car, and we're seeing like an old rundown bus, and then Tim Robbins is suddenly wearing an Iron Maiden shirt, and I'm like, oh my right. god, <laughs> Susan Sarandon is like she's not a manic pixie dream girl, but she's like something <laughs> else altogether, where it's like she's permanently stuck in the time when like minor league baseball was the best thing in town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's like the only way I can interpret it because it's really clearly like on purpose that she's dressed like it's 1952 all the time. Yeah. She's the penny lane of baseball. And her house is super <laughs> old timey too. Like, 
There's never ah, a TV that's, on or anything. So the timelessness of baseball. I've watched way too much Brock Meyer. That show rules. Um, <laughs> it, the show's really good. Yeah. I mean, I love sports movies for mm-hmm. someone who is not a sportswoman. Yeah, can't stand sports, mm-hmm. but love yeah, sports movies. But I love them. And this is one of one of the best, for sure. And, and this probably... Absolutely. And we sound shocked because this movie holds up the best of everything we're talking about. And I'd say arguably the next... The next film. Oh, wait, we have a fun clip here from Dime. Oh, yeah. Well, I just wanted to... There's one one of the things that I noticed in Bull Durham that I never saw anywhere else before is that for a sports movie, and there isn't a ton of sports in it, they <laughs> they put you into a character's mindset really well. Like, I don't know if I've seen another baseball movie that has basically a point of view shot of the batter and, like, hearing his thoughts hmm. of, like, you know, oh. you can't get that shit past me. Come on. I, I didn't see that. But... If you want to sum up the tone of this movie, this scene fucking killed me. They're in the middle of a baseball game, and uh, Tim Robbins is a dumbass pitcher. Kevin Costner is sort of the veteran catcher. Comes out to talk to him, and then other players start coming to the mound, and then they all start talking (laughs) to each other. Yes. Yep. Yep. And uh, then finally, the manager has to run out and find out what's going on. What the hell's going on out here? Well, Nick's scared because his eyelids are jammed and his old man's here. We need a live, was it a live rooster? We need a live rooster to take the curse off Jose's glove, and nobody seems to know what to get Millie or Jimmy for their wedding present. Is that about right? That's right. We're yeah. dealing with a lot of shit. <laughs> well, uh, candlesticks always make a nice gift, and uh, maybe you can find out where she's registered, maybe a place setting or maybe a silverware pattern. Okay, let's get to it. Here we go. Very good. <laughs> Beautiful. Every and, time I see Robert Wool, though, I'm like, Wireless! We all agree he's like, the poor man's Albert Brooks, right? Yes, yeah. Okay. You, you I just wanted to make sure Brooks. there wasn't something special that I was missing about him. No, no. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. Just checking. Uh, but yeah, again, that uh, this movie is totally worth checking out. Bull, Bull Durham. Oh, 100%. I looked yeah. into it and it's like ESPN, Sports Illustrated, all of them put it top 10 sports movies of all time. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy and that. Though, like I said, it's not like a, a Hoosiers or a miracle where it's like, just a straight through line of they're going to win the big season and then they win the big season. It's all about the characters and how yeah. they interact yes. and that it's so much fun. It's the same way I can watch League of Their Own over and over again. That yeah. movie's like barely about baseball. And yes. Jerry Maguire. Yeah, to a much yeah. lesser extent. Oh my God. It's like my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that movie isn't number one. The the one I swear is that's number one at the box office this week, uh, January June 15th to the 21st. Is the one you shouldn't see. It's the one I've seen. I have seen this recently. You would think if I told you, if you're a connoisseur of shitty movies, I gotta see a movie starring James Belushi and Arnold Schwarzenegger as a Russian during the height, well, the end of the Cold War. That has to be great. Uh, It also co stars Peter Boyle, Lawrence Fishburne, and Gina Gershon. This has to be amazing. Red Heat is one of the most boring movies I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. sucks. It does. It is not fun. It is not a, so bad. It's good. It's not good in any way. I just. I, I, we were thoroughly. We were just sitting there like, when is this going to get like funny or like action packed? Or and it never does. Never. Yeah, I think we've brought up before that my husband Sam is like your shitty movie buddy yeah. from a long time ago. And even he was like, ugh, no, skip this one. I was yeah, like, really? It, it sucks that it sucks. You see that cover of them standing back to back with with like matching mullets and yeah. you think it's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it really, really sucks. Here. Police Captain Ivan Danko came from behind the Iron Curtain. Danko, you're welcome. <laughs> 
hunting down his country's deadliest criminal. What did he do? He take a leak on the Kremlin wall or something? Uh. I need cooperation. Sure. Whatever you're saying, Ami. Now, he's about to team up. What do you say? He say, go and kiss your mother's behind. With the most unpredictable cop. How are you doing, honey? Drop dead. Thank you. There is nothing unpredictable about James Belushi in this movie. Uh, God, this movie fucking sucks. Oh, it's such a bummer. Is this Walter Hill as well? I think it might be. Yeah, it's such a what, ma, director. Of one of my favorite movies of all time, The Warriors. Mm. Like I, I remember seeing, like finding out about this. And, like I have to track this down. Bought it on Blu-ray immediately, and just fucking don't watch this. Oh, <laughs> I'm looking up online. I'm happy to see how much Jim Belushi has been diminished on the cover. He's like standing <laughs> literally in the shadow of Arnold at this point. Uh, yeah, everything in this movie looks the same. Like mm-hmm. everyone's wearing the same clothes. Like. It's just all the same color. Like it's just it's all the boring. same. Boring. God. Crazy. The opposite of the warriors. God yeah. damn it. God damn it. But it is the 80s. So you have to you have to excuse it for being uh they tried but turned out boring mm-hmm. and everything's filmed flatly. Mhm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm using that as a segue into uh, TV 1988. June 15th through the 21st. Speaking of Russia, uh, last year Billy Joel was one of the first rock musicians period to ever play the USSR. Uh, that genre of music had been pretty much banned or not, if not banned, kind of like played, like this is not part of our culture. We do not care for this. Mm-hmm. And it was it, through an initiative by like Gorbachev himself to, I forget what it was called to reach out to other cultures, popular stuff. <laughs> I want to say that's part of Perestroika. Um, I do not remember the name. I or Glasnost. It's one of those one. two. Glasnost? Uh, yes, Glasnost. Uh, this was a Glasnost initiative um, hmm. to get Billy Joel in there, and he managed to get an album and a documentary out of it, A Matter of Trust, Billy Joel in the USSR. It airs on ABC this week, even though it was shot last year. And I believe Showtime did a full documentary about it because it is a very weird concept, the idea that not David Hasselhoff, but Billy Joel yeah. <laughs> brought pop music uh, to to the Ruskies. Um, and it's, it's pretty interesting because like, not only was it their first rock concert, it's like kind of their first big concert Mm. they didn't really know how to throw one or like how to behave at one um and there's a documentary that's filled with um some nifty tidbits when we started playing i looked down and there they were all the big shots you know the party bureaucrats they decided this is too loud for them they don't like this kind of music they left and they gave their tickets to the kids (laughs) who were outside who couldn't get in the kids charged the stage jumping up and down playing air guitar and air drums some of the guards thought that people needed sedatives. They were going so crazy. Because it's fucking Billy Joel, man. Yes. Now you get, you get one guess what a Beatles song Billy Joel cover. Oh, uh, does he rock back in the USSR? Indeed he does. Oh, Diana with a point. Oh, that's awesome. So on the nose. <laughs> you know, there there is one thing that I, I one of these days I'm going to pull my shit together and go find them. There was a market for smuggled in LPs in, mm, in Russia. Yeah, yeah. And they would make copies of them on like the closest thing they had to to the vinyl, which was old X-rays. And <laughs> sometimes no. you can you can find them. I'm sure they're pretty pricey. I every now and then I should I should like set up an alert on eBay or something. They could get like a bootleg, you know, Beatles album that is like some dude's chest X-ray. <laughs> oh my god! And, look, I really amazing. want one. And I'm I'm not going to tell you again. Well, this is um yeah, but Billy Joel, a TV special, a documentary, a live album, and a live concert film wow. out of this one thing. Pretty neat, uh, nice. I guess. 
Uh, but this is, I have it labeled as horrid. Hmm. If you want to see how we are in the uh, summer doldrums of television, everything's in repeats or canceled, or there's no real debuts at the time for specials, essentially. And on June 18th, this aired on CBS. It's SeaWorld's All-Star Lone Star Celebration. Hosted by Patrick Duffy. With special guest host, Marie Osmond. Starring Natalie Cole, Fabian, Wayland Jennings, Trini Lopez, Gloria Loring, Restless Heart, George Strait, Patsy Torres, and Willie Tyler and Lester. Also starring Shamu. It's not the real Shamu, man. Uh, it's not that the makes real Shamu. me bummed out. It does. Like this is one of those things that, like, I never expected to be dated. But much like the circus, I don't think SeaWorld is long for this world. Yeah. Yeah. They had a special shot in Texas, like, and they opened with a marching band. So you know it's going to be 1988 Bow Ring. Mm. <laughs> they even the Disney specials in this period were boring. But this is much more low rent. God, they were, I feel like they were really scraping the bottom of the barrel there with their guests. Like, yeah. And I didn't recognize yeah. most of them. And the other ones were all Natalie super Natalie Cole, William Jennings, and then like, I do not recognize this man and his puppet. Nope. I, I don't know them at all. Uh, but Thank that's, God. But that's what TV was like. Uh, that was TV was like back then. Uh, June 20th, Eisenhower and Lutz concludes the Scott Bakula lawyer sitcom that we talked about a few episodes ago that everyone's forgotten about already. Yeah, <laughs> that's what TV was. Uh, and, and on June 21st, the NBA Finals went down. The LA Lakers beat the Detroit Pistons. The MVP is James Worthy of the Lakers? Really? Mm, yep. Never heard of him. Uh, <laughs> well, he was the MVP. Um, and James Worthy, living up to his name. Okay, but uh, music, 1988, uh, June 15th through the 21st. We have new releases. We have Let It Be by Voice of the Beehive. How many people? It's B-E-E. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Now Hopefully you... featured in B-Movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't get sued by the replacements. Um, that's a bad music joke. Outrider uh, by Jimmy Page's only solo studio album, uh, Chicago 19 by Chicago, Confessions of a Pop Group by the Style Council, Instinct by Iggy Pop, Big Daddy Kane's debut, Long Live the King, and two albums with future number one singles, Don't Be Cruel by Bobby Brown, uh, which went seven times platinum, and Roll With It by Steve Winwood. Jesus yep. Christ. I would totally play something from Bobby Brown, but that's not what the number one song is this week. It's the other Rick Astley song. Yeah. He has another song? He had another song and it made to number one. Oh my goodness. I like this song. Never going to give you up again? <laughs> Never going to give you up part two? I already told you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told you twice. Parentheses, I thought I told you. <laughs> Never going to give you up. No, it's Together Forever by Rick Astley. Yeah. I guess the other song off his only album. <laughs> uh, but that's Super. number one. He's actually still making music. He is? Nope. I thought he like got camera shy and like decided to never ever go out in public and perform again. No, he's still kicking around. Yeah, shows us how little we know about the, one of the highest trafficking YouTube videos of all time. Uh, we're going to go out of 1988 with Together Forever by Rick Astley as it is number one this week. But we will see you again in 1998. Sleep well.
Well, my friend, no, seriously, are you sleeping all right? You spend one-third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfortable, people. That's why we're talking about Casper mattresses today, the ultra-comfy, hyper-affordable, hassle-free mattress. Ask our buddy Dave. He got one two years ago, and he's been sleeping tight ever since. And you won't believe how easy it is to get shipped to you for free in a convenient box. And guess what, 302010 listeners? You can get $50 towards select mattresses by going to casper.com slash 30 and using code 30 at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. The sleep experts at Casper work tirelessly to make a quality sleep surface that cradles your natural geometry in all the right places. Plus, Casper offers affordable prices because Casper cuts out the middleman and sells directly to you. And unlike those other stores, Casper offers two other mattresses, the Wave and the Essential. The Wave features a patent-pending premium support system to mirror the natural shape of your body, and the Essential has a streamlined design at a price that won't keep you up at night. With over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars across Amazon and Google, it's no wonder Casper is becoming the internet's favorite mattress. And you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. That's 100 nights. You got plenty of time to try before you buy. And yes, shipping and returns are free to U.S. and Canada. So if you're in need of a new mattress or just want to start sleeping better, you can get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash 30. That's the word 30. And using the promo code 30 at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you, Casper. Hey, I didn't mean to turn you on. I didn't mean to turn you on. I can see it in your eyes. You wanna get down with Queen La, Lace Latifah? Huh. I can see your eyes on my body parts. The friendship is slipping. Cause it ain't me you hitting. Why you tripping? Wishing. Coming in with Turn You On off Order of the Court uh, by Queen Latifah. That is a real name. She's never gone by anything else. We, Queen Latifah. I don't know if that's a real name. Uh, it's not. It's I should Dana. tell you, Dana. Believe so. Man, that's no name for a Nubian goddess. Uh, but anyway, that song should let you know we're in 1998, June 15th to the 21st. I'm guessing that is new. But we also have new releases under the re- radar by Little Feet. Uh, Slowly going the way of the Buffalo by MXPX. There's an album I had. Uh, Power Trip by Monster Magnet. Vertical Man by Ringo Starr. Aaron Carter's debut hits the U.S. after being released in Europe for six months. And Imagination by Brian Wilson. The Boy is Mean by by Brandy and Monica is still number one. Um, Will be forever. For the end of time. Um, But it's a little bit of news to kick off 1998. Uh, Oh, God, I forgot... The AFI releases its top 100 films list. My word. I remember when this happened. I think they did like a special, right? And I, yes. I watched it and I bought the magazine that went with it. I was like... Super... You were like 60 years old? What? Yeah, just about there. <laughs> well, I was. That was uh, my, around my 61st birthday. <laughs> and this was like my summer. It's like every time I meet anyone else who's into movies, we got to start arguing about this shit and what shouldn't be on there and what should be higher. And blah, blah, blah. We're t- Terrible. Then they uh, <laughs> they went back through. They like redid it in 2007, and they moved some stuff around. And a couple of things dropped off. But no, I got to go OG list on this one. You want to rattle I, off some of the top ten? All right. So the top ten uh, from 1998 from the American Film Institute: Citizen Kane, number one. The Casablanca, Red. Godfather, Red. Gone with the Wind, Red. Lawrence of Arabia, Red. Wizard of Oz, Red. The Graduate, throw it away. On the waterfront. Red. Schindler's List. Pretty okay. And Singing in the Rain. Unbelievably good. 
<laughs> and that's a movie yes. I discovered relatively late in life. Singing in the Rain is really oh, fun. Singing in the Rain's the best. And it's a lovely movie about movies. But uh, not nothing against Schindler's List. I just, I just, I think it was very powerful at the time. I will never watch that movie again. Um, um it's it's hard to watch. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, not a fun movie, but you know it's wrenching and heartfelt. Um, one of my big arguments on this one, though, just in the top ten, Lawrence of Arabia is only in there because it was made by American money, but it's also on the British Film Institute's list, and I think that's where it belongs. Oh, is that why Never Ending Story is in the top ten? German financing? Yes, that's the only reason, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you for placating me. Um, (laughs) Now you can transition to the movies of 1998, uh, June 15th to the 21st, with a little bit of movie news. Uh, because uh, on June 19th, wow, Titanic finally drops off the box office's top 10. Yay! Whew! Yeah. It's been a long, wild ride. It didn't Six feel like that long. fucking months. Wow. Six That's months. That's insane. That's right. It was last year. My bad. It has been for fucking ever. Yeah. Yeah. It was December 97. Wow. And I'm almost done watching it. Um, <laughs> joke about how long Titanic that is. Double VHS. <laughs> I had that. Dude, those, that they practically, I think they're like building goodwills using that as the foundation at Probably. this point. <laughs> uh, but uh, movies out this week, um, n- none of which are Titanic. The Celebration and Have Plenty have come out. Yeah, and, Celebration um, is the Thomas Vinterberg, I think it's a Dogma 95 movie, so mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of really depressed looking Scandinavian people sitting around. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, Have Plenty is like kind of an indie black romantic comedy. Mm. Um, the, I was going to grab the trailer, but there's too much else to talk about. But totally. like the big selling point of the trailer is with new music from Babyface. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's the best you got. Grammy Award win. Well, yeah. Uh, was, I mean, I like Babyface, but. But those, those. Come on. Indie black romantic comedies were like soundtrack movers, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're huge. Um, and But this movie. I thought it was the one. I'm thinking of Bushwhacked with Daniel Stern. Nay, <laughs> this is Ambush, uh, starring Courtney B. Vance, uh, Jeremy Lelliot, and Virginia Madsen. In an ordinary town lies a secret, a secret seen by one boy. The truth, and the one person who believes in the truth. From the director of Juice. I'm like the only one who would have cared about that. Is this at the time. not just the client? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was going to say yes. this came to television. This came to movie theaters. You have to slap John Grisham's name on it. This can't be in movie theaters. It might be an HBO movie that went to VHS, and it might have been released in theaters in other countries. Mm. Well, this movie I caught on Netflix because of my love of love of Doctor Venture. Um, uh, yeah, this is a who, Hal Holbrook movie. Um, Henry Ford? Hal Hashby? Hal Hartley. Hartley, my bad. Not, not Hal Holbrook. Sorry, I not watched American it. American Treasure Hal Holbrook. I, I watched it because of my love for Dr. Venture, and I was rewarded with him projectile vomiting on a woman's ass who's mooning him in the first five minutes. It's like probably nice. the best like blind watch I've ever done. Henry Fool, starring James Urbaniak and uh, Parker Posey. You know my name. What are these? My confession. What have you done? I've been bad. Repeatedly. It's kind of like an exile, marginalized on account of his ideas. Are you drunk? Henry, your parole officer came by again today. If you don't call him, they're going to put you back in jail. Come on, let's go break their arms. Do you ever think that Henry is dangerous? He needs help. Oh, Brock. 
I want to deal with what happened to the boys. Yeah, I've not seen this whole movie, but I got to recommend it for that scene alone. It's it's totally. It's gettable. a walking eye. It's a walking eye. <laughs> yes. Help what her. do you want? What's it supposed to do? It's a walking it's eye. It's a walking eye. I can't do a good James Urbaniac. Oh I man. I can't either. I'm only familiar with him from good difficult people. Yes, he's great on he's difficult so people. So good. In review, uh, he's like awesomely subdued on review. And I got to watch him propose to his fiance at a Venture Brothers panel in San Francisco. Aww, it was very fun. sweet of him. Um, but I mean, there's so many, so many big movies this week. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, let's get to the bigger ones. The ship that launched the Szechuan sauce, Rick and Morty fans, um, <laughs> featuring the voices of Mingna, Eddie Murphy, uh, Leah Salonga, and uh, Miguel Ferrer, Mulan. Coming from Walt Disney Pictures. It would take a miracle to get me into the army. Did I hear someone ask for a miracle? My ancestors sent a little lizard to help me. Dragon, not lizard. I don't do that tongue thing. We're under attack! Ready, Mushu? I need to rewatch this movie so it's bad. It's so good. God damn. Love this movie. God damn. Never seen the second one, but really dug the first one. Yeah. I think yeah, I, Milan's fun. Milan, I told that story a thousand times. My parents never took me to MGM Studios, but that brief period where they were trying to make Orlando the new Hollywood, they're like, yeah, and you can see the animators working on something. And my mom was like, and they're drawing Asians. I'm like, what? And I don't live in like an what? internet world. I'm like, what are they drawing Asians for? Uh, and I finally found out with Milan. Like, yeah. it, it, took, it felt like it took years to like put those pieces together. Uh, but yeah, Milan, I think, um, shit, what can you say about Milan? Uh, so good. Mm-hmm. Great songs. Yeah. Eddie Murphy is very funny. Yeah, it's got like. Better than him as Donkey, I think. That was foul. <laughs> I, I, I just, uh, tough call I mean it's practically the same yeah it is I don't know I like him a little bit more as a tiny dragon I didn't know Miguel Ferrer was voicing the, the movie Miguel yeah. first, yeah the bad guy R.I.P so I guess we're not um, casting Asians then plus I mean the whole except st- for Ming-Na and Leia Salonga yeah <laughs> she's not like a Disney she's not a princess yet yeah you know, she's just like somebody didn't see the second movie. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see the second one either. I, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, she she just does what she has to do for her family, mm-hmm. and like binds her boobs up and gets into the army. And I am super here for it. Yeah, it, like every karaoke session we do now, like mm-hmm. I'll make a man out of you, yeah. works its way in there, even though like. I was a little too old to watch this repeatedly mm-hmm. on VHS, mm-hmm. so I, I, I don't know it that well, but uh, I've been meaning to rewatch this uh, plenty. I probably still will before Disney yanks all its movies from every streaming service. Yeah. Think- yeah. Well, I mean, the the Attack of the Huns in the Snow right. is a beautiful sequence. It's so pretty. And I think it's just, it makes the whole movie for me. <clears throat> Sing- Except that I'm someone who pays a lot of attention to gender in films, mm-hmm. and this is up there as being one of the gayest ass things Disney's ever done. <laughs> really? Go on. Well, let's start with it's about, I mean, it's about a woman disguising herself as a man and sure. then her attraction to another man and not knowing how to show that and hiding her body. And she's hanging out with the men and doing manly stuff. And the manliest one of them is Vars is voiced by Harvey Firestein. <laughs> oh, That's <darling>. true. <laughs> Forgot about Harvey Firestein. Uncle Frank and Aunt Jack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and what's this clip all about, Di? You want to set it up? Well, I just labeled it for fuck's sake, so. <laughs> okay, when I said McDonald's Chicken McNuggets. I know, I hit the gong. In honor of Disney's new movie, Mulan, the epic adventure about this cool girl who saves China. McDonald's is offering tender, crispy Chicken McNuggets and a new Szechuan sauce for a taste of the East. Oh, that's Szechuan sauce. Tuesday, get six pieces for 99 cents. 
or 20 pieces for 329. And please hurry, or Gone Boy over here may never stop. Ooh, 100 years, Szechuan sauce. Love that Szechuan sauce, man. I'm going to jump up on the counter, get on Reddit. Ooh, make fun of me. Really depress the creator and the real fans of Micro Mac and Morty. I, I don't think I've ever felt such loathing for anyone else who likes the same thing I do right. as I do for fans of Rick and Morty. I, I love Rick and Morty. I love Rick and Morty so much. And because of the Szechuan sauce debacle, you've made me embarrassed to say so. It was mm, just a little yep. reference in, I guess, the episode one of the third season was a little big deal. So there was a lot to obsess over. But it made it turn Rick and Morty fans into very vocal jerks. And now the whole world knows it. Thanks. Thanks. We can't have nice things. I, I think <laughs> it, more remarkable is a three dollar and 29 cent 20 piece in a long asian box god damn i'm starving what a deal i kind of love the little box that came in and everything this also reminds me that i definitely was in a dance recital Mm -hmm. where to you'll bring honor to us all in a very racially insensitive (laughs) costume now that i'm looking back on it Mm. so sorry everyone there were chopsticks through a bun I think yep. that's okay. Yeah, it I, was. It wasn't great. Let's just put it that way. I grew um, up on the panhandle, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Milan thoroughly holds up. Uh, recommended, maybe even more so than next year's Disney offerings. So there, yeah, I said it. What Tarzan? Um, yeah, but that was not. That was not the number one movie this week. No, Milan. No. Oh, Milan had more staying power. It stuck around at the top, but it uh, it couldn't fight this movie because it was busy fighting the future. Yeah, that's right. It's one of my favorite movie subtitles of all time. Gillian Anderson, Martin Landau, and David Duchovny in X-Files Fight the Future. Cherish the past. Enjoy the present. Because the truth is coming. Ah, so I wasn't like crazy huge into the X-Files when I saw this. Di, tell me if I've told the story too many times. Okay. Um, this is the summer in order to fulfill a Spanish credit after I'd been booted out of school so I could get into another school. I had to go to Costa Rica for six weeks to take a Spanish credit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't want to go. I was such a dick about it. I'm the worst kid in the world. And my parents yeah. sort of forced me to. I didn't, I didn't even like pack anything. I was like so <laughs> against going. And my parents just at the airport... Like, here's a Simpsons episode guide, and here's the novelization of the X-Files movie. <laughs> so I read that twice. Uh, I read the novelization twice. I'd seen only seen the Xbox episode home at this point. Like, I, the episode. Xbox? The, the Xbox episode. Jesus. The X-Files episode home. It was the fucking 90s. That X thing was out of control. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm watching the X games. The X games. We're so confused. I'm yep. watching the X games and extra comes on. Um, and I pop a stick of egg. never mind. Um, but I've read the novelization twice, and I remember talking to friends about it, and like, yeah, they, you know, they say what happened to Mulder's sister and everything, and like <laughs> the novel, the not the movie cut out a bunch of stuff that's in the novel, the, mm. but uh, right. only after we did a commentary for it, Laser Time podcast, or sorry, patreoncom slash time will get you that uh, along with a hundred other commentaries, but it's a la carte over on LaserTime.bandcamp. I think both in conjunction with the lackluster second movie and how good I think the X-Files is watching this, having not known much about the series lore. There were some boring talky scenes that had little significance to me, but they didn't slow the movie down. The movie does an admirable job for newcomers and fans. I think Because when I watched it again with Brett and they're like, they just explained like a four season long arc in that like two sentence. 
in two sentences. And like, here's the gathering of all these people who are perpetrating pretty much everything behind the X-Files. And you don't have to know that uh, watching the film. Yeah, it's it's tough because, I mean, it comes between season five and six. So Mm -hmm. it's been around a while and they've been building up all kinds of stuff. And it was tough to find any parts of the trailer that play good in audio because they're really playing up. We've got money for action now, like a lot of it. Like shit's going to blow up. We couldn't afford that before. (laughs) Like once a season, we could blow something up. That's right. Mostly it was just like scary prosthetic makeup on a leech guy. (laughs) Terry O'Quinn definitely lets a building blow up. I remember that thoroughly. The movie opens with just the murder of a child. Like, and it was just, Oh, yeah. It's, it's creepy. It's one of those things I like just because that's not something most movies would do. And it's probably something they get in trouble for doing on television. But they did it in their movie. And I don't know that any other... I can't remember the last time another movie did that successfully. Like had a, a movie in theaters that is in between seasons. That's like a remarkable feat. And the movie's not perfect. It's not great. It's not excellent. But it's fun. I it's like it. good. I'll give it a good... It's yeah. like a B minus, maybe. I think it's a great X Files episode, having now seen a lot more of the show, and it's it's the X Files never never seem cheap to me, but I haven't I haven't watched it in a while, mm. but this it, this one yeah. looks really good. Yeah, I buy that. I dig it. We're going to talk about that a little more in the next segment. <laughs> in the next segment, we're going to hear from Martin Landau again. I hope you're excited Woo-hoo. because that, those are the movies of 1998, June 15th to the 21st. We got to talk about TV for a second. Look who found a new home. Today at four, Tsunami's got a brand new superstar. What? I think I have a crush on her. Three. Sailor Moon moves from like weirdo syndication from in like USA to a new home on Toonami. And I think Toonami, uh, the, the anime block on Cartoon Network, deserves a ton of credit for allowing shows like this to breathe a little bit. Um, and, oh, and I, I thought the, the answer was Moltar found a new lava planet. Moltar being the original host of Toonami. It's fucking weird. Mm. Space Ghost Moltar, CG Moltar. Yeah, R.I.P. Clay. Uh, but uh, also on June 15th, thanks to you, Synergy, Fox is airing the X-Files movie special. If you'd like to see Dave Grohl talk at length about the X-Files... This is for you. <laughs> Do I ever. But it is, a, it is a special all about the movie, hosted by this man. Tense, intelligent, and funny. These are some of the words that critics and fans have used to describe the phenomenon known as the X-Files. Good evening. I'm Martin Landau. Woo, Oscar winner Martin Landau. Yay. Hosting an hour-long special all about the X-Files movie. And just scrubbing through this, the main thing I didn't remember was the X Files album. Totally. Oh pre- yeah, we did, we had that a couple weeks ago. Right, yeah. and it launched several singles like the Foo Fighters' "Walking After You." I forgot for a while was like they tried to make it creepy and synonymous with X Files, and that's why the Foo Fighters are talking better than Ezra appears in this special. <gasps> My favorite. Uh, to talk about the X Files, but perhaps worst of all, worst of all. I don't remember this song at all, but it has a music video. Uh, I'll let Martin take it. Now, we have the premiere performance of one of the tracks on the X-Files album. From London, here is Sting with the band Oswald as they perform a new rendition of the police classic, Invisible Sun. Invisible what? Invisible Sun. Sun. (laughs) Sting covering the police for the X-Files soundtrack, and it has a 
boring, boring, boring music video. Well, I'm glad they waited to premiere it. That, of course, they show in full instead of a real program. Sure. It's the summer, people. It's the summer. It doesn't get any more interesting over on CBS, because I every time I, I try and research every, every show title I can see, even if I don't know the show, the show Sybil has an episode called Farewell, My Sweet. And I'm like, ooh, this must mean series finale, or her mom dies. Farewell, my sweet. The only two options. This is the third option what? I didn't see, which was Sybil uh, finding out she's allergic to chocolate. <gasps> Farewell, no! my sweet. Right? Oh, um, Ack, what is she going to do? <laughs> uh, um, you're going to love this, ladies. I call this totally boy-proof on ABC, another act of uh, theater synergy with a corporate owner. ABC airs uh, this little special. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my second Disney special. Competitions are keeping me busy, but tonight I'm taking time off to have some fun and to help celebrate Walt Disney Studios' 75th anniversary. That is not the right special, but it's Michelle Kwan's figure skating to Milan music. Oh, An hour-long special oh. you couldn't oh, make me watch God. with with fucking all the sugar and pizza in the universe. I would watch that right now. I know, <laughs> I know. I'm so outnumbered here. <laughs> all right, is it is it Michelle Kwan because she's famous or because she's Asian and famous? I wasn't going to say it. Diana is not afraid of being politically incorrect. <laughs> Damn right. Go. Look at you. Go. Not when I'm calling out other people for trying too freaking hard. <laughs> Uh, speaking of politically incorrect, remember the show Step by Step? Yes. It also sure. made the CBS migration all the way over to uh, CBS, where they tried to really? start their own TGIF uh, w- along with Family Matters. Uh, it aired right after Family Matters. Uh, wasn't neither of the shows worked very well, um, and I, I forgot about this. But you remember the show Step by Step? This like yes. half-ass Brady bunch. Yes. With a- and two of the like step children. Like fell in love with each other at one point. I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, that even happened in the Brady Bunch. Let's not forget. It did. Yeah, there was that sexual tension episode with uh, Marsha and Greg. That totally happened. Like one of the final seasons. It did. Oh, and it's it's no. the basis of half of pornography now, Sarah. I hate to tell you. Oh no. But <laughs> step siblings. Uh, but step by steps, where in the money comes out, it features a notable return of a um, possibly terrible man. Do you remember that the show was sort of taken over by Cody? Yes. Sasha something who, uh, yeah, they wrote me out in the fifth season after I was charged with domestic abuse of my wife. <laughs> but the show's on its last leg, so he gets to make one more appearance on the show. Uh, here he is, his final appearance on Step by Step. Look, w- some show has to do it. Nothing exciting ever happens around here. Dizzy's! The Code Man's back! <laughs> Fake audience goes wild. You know what? That's all I'm going to play for that. Uh, He brings them a check for $50,000 where they contemplate, how do we change our lives with $50,000 where all I can think of is paying off part of my debt? Um, (laughs) You know, we're learning more Was this like a wacky neighbor character? No, he was the cousin and he was like a... a, a, He was not an initial cast member in the show and then he was recurring and then he like totally Steve Urkel that whole show up in the fifth season. Uh. He's a real character. He lived in like a trailer in in their backyard or a van in their backyard. Mm -hmm. And I guess he's back now. Well, we're learning that you can't keep a bad man down apparently. So, But also, but in in, in real sad endings here, uh, we have to say goodbye to a very special edutainment show on PBS for me. Bill Nye the Science Guy. Woo! Woo Woo-hoo! 
let me just say, I was a little too old to be watching Bill Nye the Science Guy, but it was it's still so funny. It's so good. It's, it's so funny. It's very well paced, it's very well written, and I think Bill Bill Nye himself was the credited head writer. A fascinating man with a fa- he like he quit Boeing to go focus on comedy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So he is a real science dude. And educating children. And educating children. But this, I watched his new show. It's not very funny. Oh. Hmm. This show's fucking hilarious. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember him, oh my God, way back in the day when for some reason Comedy Central started running Almost Live, which was like a local Seattle comedy show. And I remember Bill Nye as Speedwalker. Yeah. He was... Uh, a superhero that only walks heel to toe. He never runs after people. <laughs> and then when I see hips. Bill Nye the Science Guy, I'm like, what? It's fucking Speedwalker. What? Yeah. And I, it turns I've, out that, you know, he just kind of combined his two loves into the show. And yeah. it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I was way too old to watch it, but I would still watch it every now and then, like Sunday morning or something. Be like, oh, this is fun. Hey, I, I learned about plate tectonics today. Cool. I would. I I remember just there was always like something boring on MTV at five four thirty. So I'd flip it over to Bill Nye who was making these fucking whip-smart MTV parodies. I'll never forget the fucking the centrifugal force song parody of Morrissey. And it's just this Morrissey <laughs> character, the faster you push me, the further I go. And it's Morrissey <laughs> in a little go-kart, like being pushed around. I it's love fucking that. hysterical. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, and and this, 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 this episode, Motion, ends with a song about motion done in the style of Van Halen's Hot for Teacher. <laughs> <laughs> But kind of has a little highlight reel. It, Bill Nye never says to the kids, I'm out, but it has like a little nice send off to, to Bill Nye. After four seasons and 100 episodes, Bill Nye the Science Guy takes a bow on June 20th. And an Epcot ride. I heard that was still fucking there. No, the it's one with gone Ellen, now. As of like a year ago? Yeah, I'm so, <laughs> it was like my favorite ride at Epcot for a little while. It's mm. great. I want to know what they did with the animatronic Bill Nye, to be honest. Yeah, I want that Ellen hanging from a dinosaur here in this room, (laughs) here in the studio. Um, And that about wraps up the television. I should say something for the games. Um, Nothing notable as far as games go, but this is around the time, and this is a real big bummer if you were a game fan, uh, Sega decided to pull the Sega Saturn support for the Sega Saturn from North America. Europe and Japan Hmm. continued to get support and a steady trickle of games, but the Dreamcast is a few months away, essentially. Sorry, it's about a year away. And um, if you if you remember, God, do you, do you guys even remember like Sega Genesis? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. The, the Sega CD no. and the 32X, they had all these. You had this one console with three power plugins that plugged in together. The all these stop gaps because Sega was like, well, if this other console is doing this, we're going to try that too, and it'll all plug into your Genesis. It was very confusing. Then they released the Sega Saturn. It's better than all that, but it's twice the price, and it has all new games. So on the shelves for a time, Sega had four different game boxes crazy and that doesn't include the, that i'm not even including their handheld games their game gear stuff it was crazy and, and i don't think anybody knew what to do with the saturn it's a very valiant system with incredible exclusives i would say better than a lot of sony's at this point but they didn't totally foresee that 3d was going to be the way to go they made a very powerful pixel house and the 3d capabilities were a little lacking playstation really saw that's where it was going and, and tripled down on that i think even like mandated no 2D shit in their games. Like, get that animation out of there. This has to be 3D or we don't want it on the system. Sega Saturn didn't do that and it lost a little bit of its luster. It was, a, it was a great place for 2D fighting games and RPGs. 
and uh, not a lot else in arcade ports. But I loved it. And but if you were an American, I think I talked about a few weeks ago. I think the system's best game came out two, three weeks ago, and they pull support for the whole system. Uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga. So if you're, that's why it's worth so much. If you were lucky enough to get a copy, twenty thousand copies made it uh, over here, and they just pulled the fucking system after that. So there was no huh. point in shipping anymore. The Sega Saturn is no more. There's no official date to it, really. It's just this time period where they're looking at earnings reports and saying, nah, fuck this shit. America doesn't want this thing, and we'll just sell them the Dreamcast later. But that is it for games. We will close out 1998, as we should, with I'll Make a Man Out of You from Milan. And you haven't got a clue Somehow I'll make a Sexual wellness. It's a thing we need to start looking into, fellas, because it's nothing to be ashamed of. According to my stats, 40% of men over 40 struggle from not being able to get an erection. But I hear what you younglings are saying. I'm under 40. I'm a millennial. I'd rather eat a Tide Pod than at Applebee's. I ain't got no erectile dysfunction. Calm down. And I swear this is all in the copy here. Because, hey, here's another stat. Over 25% of new ED cases are guys under 40. Yeah. But you don't have to be that guy who does nothing about it or turns to weird pseudosciences for answers. Because there's Hims, baby. A one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. And right now, 30 2010 listeners can go over to 4 slash TTT, that's three T's, and try Hims for a month today for just five bucks. Unlike other ED solutions, you might find on the internet, Hims is all about connecting you with real doctors and finding you medical grade solutions. These ain't no truck stop pills. We're talking real prescription solutions backed by science. These are well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions. You might know of one of these pills. It starts with a V and came off patent last December. And now it's cheaper and more convenient than ever. No waiting rooms, no awkward doctor visits, no pharmacy lines. Simply go to 4 and chat with a doctor for a confidential review, and then the products are shipped directly to your door. It's hard, made easy, and convenient. So try Hims for a month a day for just 5 bucks. Yep, we can get you started for just $5 while supplies last. Make sure to see the website for details. And remember, this would cost you hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. So to take advantage of our $5 offer, just go to 4 slash TTT. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash TTT. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. But there, and then um, somebody just randomly wanted to have a um, cannibal movie feature, a uh, double feature, so they brought like all their oh, friends, we- made like cupcakes with like body parts on uh-huh. them and like to Campbell the musical <laughs> and raw you know so it was they just felt like I it. remember it somebody for their birthday I uh, showed the blu-ray HD version of uh, Necromantic yeah oh my and invited God. all their friends what out is Necromantic? <laughs> and, oh my God. it's a German horror oh film where God. a chick fucks a corpse it's like the whole movie is about her Fucking a corpse? That Pretty is, much. And there's a sequel, right, too. But, uh, yeah, hey, come rent it at Cap City Video Lounge. We have both of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. But I just thought it was so great. You know, she brings all her friends. And they're like, oh, I don't know what this movie is. It and was then you had people, blast. you had people coming out during the movie just to catch their breath. They're like, I don't know. Truly, like, like I mean, multiple people and just, I mean, like, this like losing my friend, their but, minds oh, in oh, there. Oh, man, I got to go outside and have a smoke break. This movie's horrifying. <laughs> 
Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And uh, for the week of June 15th through 21st, uh, yeah, we get a couple couple notable things uh, I could talk about and definitely some to recommend. Uh, we'll start with uh, June 16th, 1978. It marks the 40th anniversary of the release of Grease. If you are a fan of musicals that are actually way dirtier than you remember them being, um... I like Grease well enough. What am I going to say? Uh, 50 years ago this week, June 19th, 1968, saw the release of the original version of The Thomas Crown Affair with Steve McQueen and Faye Dunaway. It is rare that a remake is really good, and I do really like the Pierce Brosnan uh, remake of Thomas Crown Affair, but the original, you cannot beat the freaking star power on Steve McQueen and Faye Dunaway. Just, god damn, they're gorgeous. So I totally recommend that uh, if you haven't seen it. It's very 60s with like split screens and little stuff like that. Um, also, I gotta throw out uh, 1938, 80 years ago, is a film Holiday starring Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn, who I wish they'd teamed up more. They made a couple movies together, but this one is especially adorable. Uh, it's about Cary Grant, who's gonna marry this girl, and then he meets her sister, Katherine Hepburn, and it turns out, oh crap, we get a long way better than me and the sister, but that just makes everything really awkward. They have a couple fun bits where Cary Grant does tumbling because he was an acrobat as a kid. He ha- His whole background is freaking insane. It's not what you think it is at all. I don't know what it is, but there's something about a really handsome debonair man doing pratfalls and jumping and somersaulting and stuff. It's just so charming. So those are my two recommends. Thomas Crown Affair from 68 and Holiday from 38. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. Hope you hang yourself with your H&M scarf While jacking off listening to Mozart You bet you know about L.A. Wishing you were in the rain Eating Hemingway You don't eat me and drive electrical cars You're so into you rockets almost an eye You need SPF 45 just to stay alive You're so gay and you don't even like boys You're so gay by Katy Perry. I can just say it uh, off of one of the boys that's out this week. Um, welcome to 2008, people. Katy Perry. Wow, that's our first Katy Perry entry, I believe. This this is this is kind of her her breakthrough. And then we'll have I mean she'll hit the number one uh, pretty soon off of another song off of one of the boys. I hadn't really heard this before, mm-hmm. and then I listened to it and it's like this is kind of like a trippy Alanis Morissette song. Yeah, it's very Tori Amosy, but I, I think yeah, it's, not it's quite like as clever. The, the idea that it's <laughs> just telling off this boyfriend who's like so fucking pretentious. And then, you know, the end saying, like, you're so gay, even though you don't like guys. I, I wish there was a better term for that than calling someone gay, because that's not right. But I told, I know I've dated that guy. <laughs> oh, he's awful. Uh, speaking of me, 
new re- <laughs> new releases: Silent Cry by Feeder. Uh, we have uh, these are the other albums that are out right now: uh, Death Before Dishonor by Two Pistols, Nostradamus by Judas Priest, Rise and Fall, Raging Grace by The Offspring, Last Stop, Crappy Town by The Reggie and the Full Effect, Feed the Animals by Girl Talk and Coldplay's uh, Viva. Viva La Vida, which uh, will have which will have a number one signal single next week. Jesus, I messed up the whole sentence. It's got a, that means no more lollipop by Lil Wayne. Oh, bummer! Last that. week, man. Take that, Lil Wayne. News of 2008, just to to get you. Let's, let's get all 2008 right now. Um, two and a half year old Carly Anthony. Last nope. seen Kaylee, al- Anthony. Kaylee Anthony. Last seen alive. I hadn't didn't read that. That's a wonderfully uplifting bit of news. Thanks. <laughs> Yep, the saga begins. Uh, Two and a half year old Kaylee Anthony disappears. Her mom says, oh no, she's with the nanny, but the nanny doesn't exist. And uh, a month from now, they'll call the cops and eventually they'll find her body and then there'll be a big long trial and Nancy Grace's eyes will start to bleed and <laughs> and uh, eventually she'll get let off and um yeah it's it's all sucks it all sucks there's really it nothing good about this story that's a good way to get into 2008 i think yeah yeah it all sucks here's here's what's coming <laughs> suckage suckage as, as we move into the movies of 2008 june 15th to the 21st uh kit kittridge what the hell is this an american girl the first american girl movie it is, yeah. and the only one to go to theaters. Yeah, but it's got a good cast, and it looks expensive. Yeah, Abigail Breslin, Chris O'Donnell, Julia Armand, and Stanley Tucci. Money, the first major motion picture based on the American Girl stories. I was my girl. Hello, sweetie. What's your name? Kit Kitridge. I want to be a reporter, sir. Fascinating. You want an article published? Yes, thank you. So. I guess what is an American Girl doll? So there were a, it was a series. Well, American Girl started out as a series of books. Okay. That were written during their historical fiction, mm-hmm. mainly directed towards uh, preteen readers. Mm-hmm. I read them all. They were set during what was set during? I think like colonial times. Kit Kittredge was looks like the forties. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it looks like Depression forties yeah, somewhere there era. Um, and they were great. They were like really wonderful historical fiction. Like I learned a lot from them. I know a lot of girls that were my age. They were all their age. Mm-hmm. And they were constantly checked out at my elementary school library. And then eventually, because nothing can stay good and pure, they merchandised it and so turned it into a set of dolls. The doll- extremely expensive dolls with extremely okay. expensive accessories. And then I guess that turned into a movie. By the time the movie came out, I obviously had aged out of the American Girl situation. I hadn't even returned my copy of the Babysitter's Club, the blockbuster yet. Well, there you go. That was a great movie. I did love Babysitter's Club. I like the HBO show better. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing none of us saw that. Nope. This is fine. Oh, I have to talk about this again. I got yelled at last time I did. Uh, (laughs) The movie I did see this week, Mike Myers, Jessica Alba... Uh, Romney Malco uh, and Justin Timberlake in The Love Guru. Shine! Take a look at this. The Toronto Maple Leafs will pay you $2 million if you can get Darren Roanoke back with his wife in time to win the Stanley Cup. The second best guru in the world is coming to town. How do you do? Shrimp? What'd you call me? I'm sorry, I didn't catch your gnome. Name! You are a midget. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Sorry, it was a genuine laugh. I got out of this. Um, yeah, last time I got in trouble for 
saying Mike Myers didn't do brownface. And mm-hmm. storyline-wise, he doesn't. He's a Canadian who go, who grows up in India. It's a whole fucking thing. It's even in the trailer. Like, you see him as a young white kid who's obs- grows up in Indian culture. And no matter how much... You know who does do brownface? Ben Kingsley. In this movie, again, and no again, one gives a fuck. that's true. <laughs> it's Mike well, Myers. <laughs> his real name is uh, Krishna, I think, so... All right, I'll he's, allow it. Yeah, he's. I think he's part Indian. No, um, no, but this, this, this movie does reek of like Mike Myers. Nobody can tell him no. Yeah, because it's yep. there are too many cameos. That's Vern Troyer as the coach, where it's he's making a sense of the same fucking Austin Powers jokes, in a character. I remember I was living with an Indian dude. And he's just like, dude, this looks fucked up. Why is this happening? Yeah, somebody should have said something. <laughs> it's the same jokes in different costumes. Mm-hmm. It's. But I do love Yikes. that about Mike. He does like six six callbacks to things that like usually makes me very happy. I I love Mike Myers. I love this is like the only thing he's done that I do not love. Hmm. Uh that he's written. So, yeah, every Wayne's World, every Austin Powers. Yep. I'll go to bat for all of those. Definitely every not Austin this movie. Powers. Every Austin Powers. Every Every Austin Powers. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. Comedies don't have to be fucking Funny. Oscar winners. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Being overpowered again. Uh, too many ladies on this show. Uh, yeah, but I love Guru. See how you like it getting talked down to. <laughs> That's right. The love Guru uh, was talked down to at the box office, um, mm-hmm. and I don't think Mike Myers he's he's directed a documentary, but he has not mounted another movie since. Uh, nope. I think that's a bit of a bummer. I really did like him as a. I would rather have more Mike Myers movies than Adam Sandler movies. Sure. Can we agree on that? Uh, huh? Fully yeah. agree. Oh, 100%. Yeah. People who don't like dirty work, what do you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't bring it up again. <laughs> All right, settle down, prostitutes. It's from dirty work. It's from dirty work. You just need to go buy a horse. <laughs> live in the mountains Live somewhere. in the mountains. Um, uh, but the love guru is out and, and, and gone pretty quickly. And like I, I, I like reminding people it exists because it fell by the, the wayside that fast. This? Oh yeah, it's just not good. Yeah. Most of the jokes are just—they're just like you see them coming from a mile away, and you're like, "Please don't!" Up, oh, it did. They're doing it, and there it is. But there's just a lot of good performances, like Jim Gaffigan and Steve Col- Stephen Colbert are the sports announcers, and I fucking love them. Oh yeah, they were fun. Yeah, and yeah, we heard John Oliver there, John and he's Oliver's fine. There. Whatever. There's a bunch of fucking cameos. Justin Timberlake's kind of funny. Mm. Um, yeah, it's JT way. It's just odd that like the other movie this week, Get Smart, which man, if I was betting on this, I I would have lost a lot of money. Hmm. That the that the movie going audience in two thousand eight would remember Get Smart and give a shit, and or Steve Carell okay. could carry a movie. I don't. See, I, see, don't I don't understand I don't know that. that it's about remembering Get Smart. I don't think it is at all. Yeah, I don't think it is. I'm, I'm sure it's not. But like, Look I just who's in it. I mean, I think it was that Hathaway bump. And Steve Carell, star of The Office. I guess. I wasn't like watching Addicted to The Office as, as much as I am now. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's true. And that guy, that fucking idiot from Heroes. <laughs> Sorry, that but, show yeah. makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. They got their own spinoff movie. There's like a spinoff movie with the two gadget dudes in, the, in this film. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, that's right. I got you now. Okay. I don't... I never saw this, so you have to, you have to tell me. I liked it. I mean, I thought it was... I, you know what? I will say it's pretty good, and I yeah. love the original show. Yeah, the original show was amazing. I love Get Smart. I love it Don Adams. so freaking goofy. And I think... You know, I, I was concerned about this, that they would lose some of the goofiness. They would go for, like, dumber jokes. And, you know, 
sometimes they do and sometimes they make some really solid jokes but also they they throw a bunch of money at action and fun stuff yes yeah. it's, it did way better than i thought it did and like what this seems like you were gearing up a franchise of some kind what the fuck why did it just fall by the wayside well and who's better at doing dumb in a smart way than steve carell yeah. i mean i'm rewatching the office right now and it's so good yeah. he's so good so yeah i'd re- i'd rewatch this tonight like i'm you know what? I totally in the mood let me hear that some of that trailer there has always been a delicate balance between chaos and control my name is siegfried and i represent chaos over the past few months we have assembled a stockpile of nuclear weapons which we distributed to unstable dictators now with that balance threatened it's time to turn to one man how do i know you're not control if i were control you'd already be dead if you were controlled you'd already be dead neither of us is dead so i'm obviously not from control That actually makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) This looks like a movie starring Michael Scarn from The Office. (laughs) (laughs) Written by Michael Scott. (laughs) You're right. He's playing it so much like that. I know. It's so good. Level Midnight. The movie. I think this needs to be part of The Office canon. Ooh. I like that. Yeah. That's what what, what The Other Branch was all about. Yeah, exactly. Making summer blockbusters. Yeah, sadly, I did not see this. Uh, it is the second Get Smart movie uh, after The Naked Bomb, which is a pretty notorious bomb, wasn't it? Yeah, they made some uh, TV movies uh, after the show. I think there were a couple in the late 60s. I want to say there's one in the 80s. That might be the nude bomb. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad he doesn't try to do the voice because Dom, Don Wowzers. Adams's voice, you know, also Inspector Gadget's voice. Mm-hmm. You don't don't do an impersonation. It's a little too easy to impersonate, but it's also if it were coming out of Steve Carell's mouth, it would just no, it would just throw everything off. Yeah, or you do that awesome Matthew Broderick Inspector Gadget impression. Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. what is wrong with the world? Yep. Let's move it to television. Yeah, as usual, oh, Dwayne Johnson, pretty damn funny. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very funny dude. Charming AF and Terry Crews. And Terry Crews, Jesus Sorry. Christ, and Alan yep. Arkin. Also talking about charming. Uh, 2008 TV, June 15th to the 21st. Uh, I should say NBC is doubling down on celeb uh, game shows. Uh, Celebrity Circus, hosted by Joey Fatone, uh, is, is happening right now, as is Celebrity Family Feud. I couldn't find anything particularly notable about those things. Um, so thank you for changing the spelling live, Dime. Uh, <laughs> on June 15th. Just, it's my job. Every time I see that you spelled something wrong in the document that we're like checking it, so, uh, I have to fix it. Uh, on June, on June, what is June 15th, the fucking Tony Awards, 2008, uh, 62nd annual Tony Awards hosted by Whoopi Goldberg, uh, airs on CBS and a bunch of plays I haven't heard of when, even though best musical was in the Heights, which I never would have known yep. about in oh, a yeah. pre-Hamilton world. Man, Manuel. That won the Tony for Best yeah. Musical. That's his, uh, his first big work. I guess he started working on it when he was like in college or like 16 or something. It's something that like he'd been working on yeah. on and off yeah. for like, forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, August Osage County won uh, for Best Play, not Musical. Okay. I was going to say, that I thought I saw the movie and it was not a musical. No, definitely not. It should have added some songs. It'd be more fun. Yeah. (laughs) Best Revival, South Pacific. Yeah. Uh, A lot of South Pacific wins. I'm not going to go through all this again. Patty Lapone wins for Gypsy. Love her. Okay. Okay. The original Vita. 
I don't know what any of this is. I'm a boy. Uh, <laughs> Bummer. Um, on June 20th. Hey, here you go, kids. Let me bring you back in. Gather around, kids. Pop the popcorn. <laughs> spin the spin the spinners. Um, eat the Tide Pods, because Disney Channel is about to air. Camp Rock! Uh, Nine million viewers tuned into the premiere of this film, and it makes it the third highest rated uh Disney Channel original movie of all time. It even got an airing the next week on ABC that another couple oh. million people tune in for. The album that spun off of Camp Rock would go on to become number three in the Billboard charts and it would eventually go platinum. Like, Whoa. I think on some laser time, we were going through the list of like best selling album per year. For two or three years there, it's just high school musical, like yeah. in, in the 07s to 08s. I totally missed that boat. I mean, I was a little too old to be on that fence. I, I, Same. I tapped out at Summer Beach movie, but uh, this also is the introduction of someone you do know. It features the Jonas Brothers. Mm-hmm. I think even though they were already famous on a show on the Disney Channel. Starring Joe, Kevin, and Nick Jonas. Hug. Much better. And introducing Demi Lovato with Megan Jet Martin and Allison Stoner. Oh, Allison Stoner. That's who I wanted to mention. No, inter- introducing Demi Lovato. <laughs> introducing Demi yeah. Lovato. Huh. She is the cover star of Camp Rock. Okay. I did not know. I did not know how much how this farm Disney has to raise pop stars. Oh, it's crazy. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. We'll hear about another one next week, people. Uh, but Camp Rock, everyone. We didn't see it. Hope you did. Uh, and on June 17th, the, there's the NBA Finals. The Boston Celtics beat the NBA, LA Lakers. Paul Pierce, hats off to you. He's the MVP for the Celtics. Go Sox, all that stuff. <laughs> uh, but you know I got to talk about the video games of 2008 because there's a lot more to talk about this week. Uh, Deadliest Catch <laughs> comes to 360. I think, eh, let's say, one of the first reality shows to get its own video game. That's not, I think, does, it, does it have uh, narrating over everything you do? <laughs> it's got the it's got the Bon Jovi song. I mean, this is a pretty uh-huh. it was a pretty bad game if I if I'm not mistaken, but not Secret Agent Clank, a Clank focused Ratchet Clank spinoff uh, exclusively for PSP. Uh, wacky Races Crash and Dash hits Nintendo platforms. There was a good Wacky Races Hanna Barbera game in the '90s, and that bought it. Another 10 years of relevance. They keep making Whoa. wacky races games with Dick Dastardly and Muttley. And they continue to happen. It's fucking crazy. Hmm. Um, Mario Sluggers is kind of Nintendo's last baseball game. But there were two Mario Sluggers games. And the last one was released for the Wii in 2008 this week. Uh, and that has to wrap it up for the games. That is it, people. We have been 302010. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope we got through everything pretty decently. Uh, if we didn't, we have a comment section, 302010.net or lasertimepodcast.com. Or maybe go join up on our Facebook group, uh, the Lasertime Community. You can search for that on Facebook. It's very active and very fun and very sweet. Thank you guys so much for all your support, seriously. You can find me at CanTista on Twitter. Never use that. Why did I even bother to plug it? Just, uh, <laughs> just go to lasertimepodcast.com, see what podcasts we put up. Um, we are supported primarily by you people. Thank you so much. Patreon.com slash laser time for the price of a cup of coffee. You can make sure your, I don't know, sixth favorite podcast can keep on going, uh, every single month It helps support all of us. It keeps everything up and afloat. We do appreciate it. And that's why we give people a bonus show every single week. They have been really, really fun lately. And as I go through more depressing and weird aspects in my, <laughs> my new little life, uh, maybe they'll get a little more interesting or uh, cringeworthy to listen to. So. Well, you are in Florida, so I think that's a guarantee. <sighs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but we also have hundreds of movie commentaries, and we would like to reinstitute those and look for um, 
a bit of a Patreon redo over the next few weeks. So thank you guys so much for maintaining your support for us. We do appreciate it. Hats off. Someone else talk. Um, I guess you can see me bitching about movies on Twitter at Le Cine Nerd. Um, I was going to, I actually thought about doing a podcast of going through the AFI Top 100. And it turns out many people have done that already, mm. uh, including there's one going on right now with uh, Paul Shearer and Amy Nicholson. That's actually been pretty good. So Unspooled. Yeah. Yep, I'm always down yep, if you need, want to do it anyway, Diana. We'll do yeah, it Yeah, I'm totally down. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm one of the only people who can tell you that uh, Gone with the Wind is racist, but it's actually still good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Yep. I can't dismiss it, but yeah. Anyway, uh, should we talk about death and birth? Please. I yes. want to hear more about deaths. Okay, so in 2008, uh, we lost two really good ones. Mm-hmm. Sid Charisse, who was 87, going all the way back to the beginning of this program when we talked about Singing in the Rain. Remember the really long, like, dance sequence? Um, the Broadway melody one? Mm-hmm. Oh. And uh, there's a point where he's in a bar and there's a lady in this green dress and she's, like, super sexy. Mm-hmm. Well, that was Sid Charisse. Anyway, <laughs> she had the longest legs in the world. She was an amazing freaking dancer. Bunch of movies. 87, it's a bummer. And then even worse, because he's only 62, Stan yeah. Winston, makeup and effects genius Stan Winston. Seriously. I think Stan Winston Studios lives on. How the fuck did he die? I didn't know he was so young. Myeloma. Yeah, cancer oh, got man. him. But uh, the man who designed the Predator, the Terminator, uh, yeah. worked on Aliens. Jurassic Park uh, dinosaurs. Jurassic Park dinosaurs. Danny mm-hmm. DeVito was the penguin. Mm-hmm. I just You name it. Wow. The man fucking did it. Yeah, if it wasn't Rick Baker, it was Stan Winston. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Yes, Stan Winston. a bummer. But as always, uh, out with the dead, in with the new, who was born this week. Get ready for us. Oh, it's birthday! Okay, born this week, June 19th, 1978. Happy 40th birthday uh, to this young lady uh, who's Dominican, uh, born in New Jersey. Then she moved back to the Dominican Republic and came back to the New York to study ballet. Uh, that should be the giveaway, right? It's not J-Lo, is it? No. But uh, she broke into acting right, in the film Center Stage because she played a ballet dancer. I'm never. Oh. Um, then, then made uh, Crossroads with Britney Spears. Yep. And I know. Had a small part in uh, Pirates nope. of the Caribbean: uh, Curse of the Black Pearl. It is the uh, green lady from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Zoe Saldana. Oh, Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana. I, I was gonna say because no, she played. No, I knew it. <laughs> that was a tie. So sweet. I was gonna say, because she played a Trekkie in the Terminal that I hate. That's how she got the Star our Star Trek gig. Wow. Ooh. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, Co-star I know the from, highest grossing film of all time, Avatar. I know her from uh, Center Stage, which is like a longtime favorite. All right, you are a certified girl. <laughs> That's <Yep>. right. Center <laughs> Stage. Uh, no need to check. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. But that but can... like, I didn't. I didn't know that Zoe Saldana was a dancer, and now it's like, oh, that makes sense. That makes total sense. That's why she's so good at action. She plays like the bad girl dancer at the American Ballet Theater. Mm. Ooh. All right. I'll watch that right after Get Smart and Camp Rock. (gasps) That that I can promise you. I'll never get to Camp Rock. Triple feature. I'll I'll never get to it. But that is it for our show. We're going to take you out with a Busted Baby Part 2 by Plies featuring Neo. Why die? Well, because it's on it's on the charts for 2008, and because uh, we all called Plies something else last week. <laughs> we called him Piles. We called him Plies. Piles. And... <laughs> Sorry. My bad. No one said I was good at this, but thanks for your support anyway. Sorry, Plies. <laughs> Ask for 
what make you so cute. Love when you poke your mouth out when you're mad too. Say you're nimble in my phone.